0: Shut
1: up and sit down. Greetings from the heartland of America, Guthrie, Oklahoma, and Hoboken Coffee Roasters. This is the Bold Leadership Podcast, where we are building bold leaders to solve tomorrow's toughest challenges. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for taking the time. The Bold Leadership Podcast is published every Tuesday for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at www.exsin.co. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud favorites. You can also follow us on Twitter, at The Bold Leaders, and Facebook. All links are in the show notes. And now, here are your hosts, former Air Force pilot, commander, and business owner Dave Evans, with his partner in crime, former combat controller, wealth advisor, and deal maker extraordinaire, Phil Nichols. Let's get into the show. But Phil is back. I'm excited. <laughs> Phil. Phil has and so I, many. He has so many radio shows going. On, it's crazy. But we're we've had so much fun over the last couple of months, and we've we always answer the same question. We hear the same complaint from people, and today we're going to talk about that on Bold Leadership. And it's <laughs> what all what's all the nonsense surrounding millennials. I mean, why does everybody hate these kids, these young people?
0: Uh, I don't. You know, I've got a lot of millennials that I call son. Um <laughs> yeah, I do too. I have and I have some daughter-in-laws that are millennials. And, you know, I, I think a lot of it's just, I think, you know, I think probably going to get to this, but you go back generationally, every generation that is my age, it seems to, and I'm, I'm 52 or three, I can never remember, but, but every generation that is, is my age, um, seems like we kind of scowl when we look at the younger generation and and we're, we're convinced the world's going to come to an end and they're all lazy and (laughs) they're all entitled they're all, you know, and, you know, and it's, I just don't believe that to be true. You know, that's my take on it. I think, I think millennials are, are enlightened beyond their years on a lot of things. And a lot of it's because they're exposed to so much more with technology and, um, just the changing times, but I may be in the minority on this day, but I actually think we're in pretty good hands going forward. But you know, it's there is no doubt there is a um, a belief out there that millennials are are innately um, lazy, entitled, don't get it. Yeah, I think it's a lot like when Elvis came on the scene back in the '50s and he scared everybody, right? And then you had the Beatles show up, and then you had. Yeah, this rock and roll music that got crazy in the late sixties and early seventies through the Vietnam war. And, you know, then God forbid he had hair bands and all the, you know, I, I believe that, that the generation follows music. Fair you know, enough. That's kind of crazy, a crazy, but, yeah. but I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, uh, correlation between the two. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's, I think it has a lot to do with that old. I walked, you know, to school forwards and backwards, 27 miles uphill in the snow mentality, you know, that we always think we had it tougher than the, the, which is kind of interesting because we all want better lives for our children. And most people that are, are leading companies today are our age or a little younger. And, um, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's so, a tough here,
1: one. so here's, here's the, fu- here's the funniest part of all this. You, you hit the nail on the head and I got a real quick story to share. going to go back days. it's kind of how I look at life now. So rewind back to 1997, some 21 years ago, I'm sitting in the sim building waiting for, to prepare for a flight sim and training and my commander walks in and he and the old sim instructors were all retired dudes that run the simulator talking about how crappy the generation we are, how terrible we are as officers. <laughs> and I sat there for about 10 minutes. I don't think they saw me. I was just sitting there reading my books, getting ready for my sim. And you know, I sit up and I go, hey, sir, I, I really appreciate what you're saying. But remember, you were young once. We love mm-hmm. this country as much as you do. We just do it differently. It may not be right, but it's different. And I think that's the thing that we see with companies today and leadership is that you have to understand your life drives your perspective. And what you just said was amazing. We created the millennial. We created these children, so it's up to us as leaders to help grow them into great leaders because they they bring some pretty new and good ideas to the table that get blown off because well that can't work that's impossible.
0: Well, I think I think there's a couple things. I mean, I and I and I again I like to use my own life experience. I hope everybody does this to formulate their own views on things, and then hopefully you can take your life experience and through good spirited conversation and and in some cases discourse you can you can broaden your own thought process and maybe you know see through a different lens and or just maybe an expanded lens but at the end of the day kids today we've raised our kids to be very strong-minded very independent people and or at least i know we did you know we wanted to try to if our you know uh, you and i have had this conversation before and are leaders born or are they made and i think people are born with characteristics of leadership and then i think it's developed at least um, it should be developed right i mean that's what we right, face with companies every day
1: they're not developing their future leaders and they deal with the
0: chocolate mess well and that's why you know when when we go out and work with different organizations, you know, everybody always gets so excited when we walk them through how we do things. And the reason is, is all we've taken is our experience from, from the military and from combat and turned it into taking it to the business world. I mean, it's not that complicated, you know, I mean, we were at an advantage though, Dave, you and I both were these youngsters. And then we led these youngsters that were making life and death decisions. Uh, sometimes with multi-billion dollar pieces of equipment (laughs) and so it doesn't shock us when a 20 year old can do amazing things or when a 18 year old can do amazing things or when a 22 year old can do amazing things because you know i don't know what the average age of every of the uh e-5s and above or excuse me the o-5s and above are in the united states military right now it's probably in the 30s, mid 30s. Late 30s, early 40s. You know, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I mean, right in there. I, yeah. That's right. Probably majors are mid 30s yeah. and then lieutenant colonels and then colonels are late 30s and early 40s. But, you know, you're putting people uh, in their 20s when they're, you know, uh, second lieutenants, first lieutenants, captains, and then even majors, you know, lot of these guys that are out running operations are 28 29 years old oh no doubt
1: day in day out absolutely
0: day in and day out and we're entrusting these people with something that's more valuable than anything and that's somebody else's life and you know i think i think sometimes in the civilian world we lose sight of the fact that maybe it shocks you when there's a 28 year old that's the sharpest person in your organization maybe it's because they do things differently maybe it's because they approach things from a different perspective but at the end of the day you know there's people all over the world doing these amazing things that we should embrace you know, i think part of it too to be quite honest is just good old-fashioned jealousy Yeah, i played in a golf tournament last week and uh for a great friend of ours mike barkham's um uh, uh non-profit peaceful family solutions which does we need to have mike on sometime oh, we do absolutely great work
1: he's a good guy do great
0: work for uh Uh, children all over uh, all over the world but the bottom line is we're playing this golf tournament this is kind of what I mean I was the oldest guy by by we'll just say a few years that would be a lie but we'll just say a few years it was more than a few years and we came up to this one hole and I decided I was really going to let the old dog off the porch and really go at this ball hey how's your back yeah exactly (laughs) you know seven days later I'm still crimping around like I can't move so there's something innately built into us that we while we might admire somebody for their intellect or their leadership abilities or their physical prowess or or whatever the case may be, there's a part of us deep down inside that are jealous. You know, there's, there's part of us deep down inside that don't want to pass the baton just yet. You know, we're sitting there waving our hand going, you know, wait a second. We still got a couple miles left over here. And so I think that's part of it too. I think just good old fashioned envy sometimes (laughs) sometimes <laughs> rears its ugly head and, and instead of embracing it and saying wow that's really really a, a a really innovative way to look at a problem we say well that that's crazy you know that, that's crazy that won't work you know and, and so I think I think it's a lot of little things that yeah. kind of build up but you know we've worked with a lot of youngsters and a lot of these millennial types and and you know, listen, you you and I have had these conversations. I'm guilty of this as well. I get frustrated, and I'll go, "Why in the daylights?" And it's not because. And I'll give you an, I'll give you an example. As you know, Tanya and I have two boys currently serving on active duty in the, in the greatest Air Force in the world, and we're very proud of them. And and one of those uh, one of our sons is married to this beautiful, incredibly intelligent woman, who has the ability to just want to want me to blow my head off some days. Because hey, now, hold on, hold so, on. Be careful, be she, careful. She just gets me so frustrated, you know? I'm like, what in the daylights? And then when I stop and I think about it, I go, God, just because she's in some ways much more developed than I am, I shouldn't get frustrated with her. I should just have a conversation. And so, you know, there are, it's just, you know, it's human nature. A lot of it's just human nature.
1: So let's get in the meat of today. And one thing I'm going to start with, if you're a business leader, the biggest challenge that you can fix immediately is expect excellence from young people. Expect excellence, because they're going to amaze you if you do that. So here's a question for you, Phil. First question. I've heard it time and time. These millennials are no good for my company. I'm going to ask <laughs> you, what do you think? Are millennials good for growing companies or companies that have been around a while or long in the tooth? Let's, like, let's say, yeah. could Blockbuster have used some millennial ideas back in the day?
0: Oh. Yeah, I think Blockbuster could. J.C. JCPenney's could have. Kmart could I mean, there's a lot of examples that could have, but yeah, absolutely. I think millennials are, are integral in any company's success. Number one, um, and I don't remember the exact percentage, Dave, but I think, you know, we did a segment uh, several months ago. I think we talked about, um, over 70% of the decision makers inside companies right now making buying decisions are millennials. Yep. I mean, so if you don't, if you don't want to play nice with millennials, you're probably costing yourself a lot of revenue, you know? And so absolutely we need millennials and and we need to work hard to understand them. Now, this doesn't mean they get a free pass. That doesn't mean you get to do whatever you want. I mean, there's still a culture you got to fit in. There's still, you know, you got to be part of the team. Everybody understands that, but there's so much just creativity that comes from the millennial generation that's invaluable and every organization can benefit from that.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And you said something interesting, the culture. They've got to fit into the culture. I think the, the the thing we've got to look at as we get older is our our cultural perceptions need to adjust somewhat with the times. Yeah, uh, no, that's beca- true. Because that's cha- true. change is inevitable. And we're working with companies now that are doing things by paper and pencil when there's a lot easier ways to do it, right? And we're trying to right. update the the thought processes in these companies to adapt new technology. If they had some 20 somethings in there that are used to doing it that way all the time, it would be a lot easier. Right.
0: You know, we, we had a great meeting last week. You and I did with an organization that we're engaged in right now and they have a millennial and they have a gentleman that's in the boomer generation yep. that we were meeting with. They're in, in the same meeting. And yep. Now this boomer is very unique because he's got a lot of millennial characteristics to him. I mean, he's a, he's a very, He's a very youthful boomer, if that makes sense. And and I'm always impressed when we talk to those two gentlemen because they come at they come at things from two different, very different perspectives. Yep. They take two different roads to get there, but they're trying to get to the same place. And what's unique about it is, is how well they work together to get to that place. Um, so that's very exciting. You know, when you see somebody who, um, isn't because listen, there's a lot of great things from the Boomer generation. Let's not get it twisted. I mean, there's a lot of great wisdom, wisdom and knowledge out there, and still a lot of energy. But it's always good when you can um, be open to learning new and different strategies on how to run your company or how to make a product launch or a service offering or you know whatever the case may be. I mean, you know, having the ability to listen and to process and then integrate those ideas into your culture to where it works man that's that's powerful so yeah we need millennials everywhere so you brought up a good point and we're dealing with this as a nation right now
1: the unwillingness of people with different views working together right and mm. i think this is the one thing that yeah. that resonates in whatever we do is that you have to be open to listen you have to be open to let young people take a chance you have to not tell them no when they have new no ideas let them try the idea if, if it fails as long as they going to hurt anybody, you're not gonna lose a bunch of money. Who cares? They're gonna right. learn and they're gonna be better leaders in the future if you give them those opportunities. And if you're if you're willing to listen and work together. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you gotta be willing to to fail. I mean, that's where greatness comes from a lot of times. You know, it's there's all the old cliches, you know, you only fail if you give up, you know, you know, I mean, all these types of things. And and they're all true. Um, but that's one of the things in successful companies that we work with. Um, and we we talk about this all the time, you know, they have a culture to where failure with effort is okay. You know, I mean, if you're, if you're, if you do your due diligence, and you say, let's try this, because it's never been tried before. That takes a very brave, confident soul to walk that out. And, you know, and also, Dave, we're kind of starting to get into this whole, you know, of course, a big part of our foundation is built on paradigms and paradigm shifts and being able to really look to the future based on logical key indicators and know kind of when to start shifting. And part of what we're talking about is you and I know is when you do a paradigm shift, you start shifting when things are good. You don't shift when things are, have already went bad, you know, and, and to do that takes a lot of courage. And, and so I think we've, you know, the more companies are open to understanding that nothing stays great forever, everything changes, times change, um, you know, the, the more successful you're gonna be individually and as an organization. So, you know, you, you've gotta but you gotta have that culture to where it's okay to fall on your face. And you know, it's not gonna be a career killer if you try something and it doesn't work. Yeah. And too many times that's what holds people back from being um, creative and to try to really engage with the corporate culture is they're afraid if they're gonna look silly or they're gonna do something that's gonna cost the company money or, you know, whatever the case may be. And I think you know, from our experiences, it's those companies that embrace an, a culture of, of, of bravery and creativeness and, you know, team that, that always end up inevitably, regardless of, of industry or, um, or sector, they always rise to the top. Well, business, so.
1: business is business and there are no really different challenges when it comes to dealing with people on a day in and day out basis. I think that you are right on in your comments about embracing new ideas. You're right on the mark about giving these young people an opportunity to exceed and impress you. But there's also an added thing that leaders need to know. And this is a tip. You have to take the time to train and mentor people that are younger because they don't know what they don't know yet. Right. You know, and I think that's where we're missing the boat. People want their employees to walk into our first day running full speed. And that's just not realistic.
0: Not only that, we want it both ways. We get yeah. frustrated. We want them to do that, but then we also get frustrated because we'll hear people say things like, "Well, this millennial generation—they want what their their parents have from day one." Well, that's silly. They can—they're going to pay their dues. They got to do this. They got to do. You know, it's almost like you got to suffer, you know, before you can have any success. And and so we we want it both ways, right? We want them to come prepared and ready to go from day one. But then when they come in with confidence, we're like, "Well, wait a second. They haven't paid their dues. What's, what's this all about? You know, and so you got to be really careful about that. And I think that's one of the things, you know, when when you and I really, when we decided to merge our two organizations, development the companies and and really go out and we created XM, you know, one of the things yep. we talked about was in the military, there was always a path for everybody to follow. You know, wherever you were, you were working to get to the next step. And it, and it wasn't just you doing it. Everything around you was built to help you get to the next step and i think the more that that you know companies in the in the private sector embrace that and understand that the more successful they'll be
1: i think you bring up a good point when you're dealing with any employee is that when you provide a path to success that everybody knows and understands it relieves all the stress it it helps uh, it helps appeal to people that there is an expect- expectation you need to go through these things, that path can be adjusted as required, but it gives everybody a process that they're comfortable with, owners as well as employees, to move up in the, up in the corporate structure or in the company to understand that there is a, you know, a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. I right. see a lot of companies we talk to, there is no path. You're just going to sit here and you're going to count widgets the rest of your life. And honestly, I can't see any person or most people wanting to live that monotonous lifestyle.
0: I mean, unless well, I mean, they're just looking like for a paycheck. I mean, right? Because, as as beings, we, we want to be. There's a few basic things we want, right? I mean, we, we want recognition. We want to feel good about what we're doing. We want to feel safe. We want to feel secure. We want to have. Whether you're talking about literal security, you're talking about financial security, or or whatever the case may be, there there's these basic human instincts that everybody wants, you know. And and I think that that that's what a a very well-organized disciplined training program does for an organization you know it creates and it answers those questions for people whether you're a millennial or you're a you know you're a boomer generation or you're in the middle um you know it's uh, Everybody wants the same things. We just sometimes express it and communicate it in different ways.
1: Uh, No doubt. And the interesting discussion about training programs, what's the first thing that gets cut when a company is struggling? Their training budget, right?
0: HR training budget.
1: (laughs) And honestly, that is the worst thing you can do if you want to climb out of the hole you're in or stop the bleeding in your company is to cut that training because that is the future of the organization.
0: Yeah, we're working, Dave, you know, of course, we will We we'll obviously for confidentiality reasons, we'd never say by name, but we're working with a, an organization right now that we're very deep in an engagement with them that's uh, very successful in, by anybody's measure. I mean, they have tremendous revenue, they have very good ROI, they've got low turnover. I mean, they're, they're successful. And in any way you would measure a company, they are successful. And... You know, we've had the, the conversations that how, you know, because when you when you dig in uh, and you look at some of the processes and systems, you know, some of these folks and we're talking about very tenured people. I mean, some of these folks have 30 plus years of excellence. They've, they've done it with excellence. They haven't just grounded out for 30 plus years. They've done it with excellence. And when you sit down and we talk to them about some stuff that's very basic. I mean, whether it's, you know, when you're looking at business development, for example, very, very basic processes and they look at us like we're geniuses. Now that's, I guess, good for us because they're, they're very happy with the engagement, but, but I'm, but I'm always shocked by the, by, I, I catch myself going, how did you not know about that? How did you not know? And I think the answer is, is you're so busy and day to day, just running the business, just putting one foot in front of the other and that's why they're successful because they work hard. Yep. I mean, they get up every day and they go to work, you know, so when you can tweak organizations a little bit, just give them a couple little pearls here and there, you know, to, to spread throughout the, the organization. That's when you see this crazy growth, you know, we've seen it in a different client, you know, you know, I'm, I, oh, I absolutely. Know I'm yep. getting ready to talk about, but you know, they went from hemorrhaging money to, you know, people wanting to buy them for multimillion dollars in a very short period of time. And a lot of that has to do with um, just the processes that we've helped them implement. And those processes are all built around the people in the organization and helping them thrive and be successful. And there's a lot of millennials in that organization. But, that I'm you
1: know, the about. thing is that, you know, they're providing a path to success for their employees. They're seeing it, right. they, they've implemented it and you're seeing the enthusiasm <clears throat> Uh, from your tactile level employees going, hey, there is a path to get out of the hard hard work and get to a management supervisory position, which is different hard work, but it's not as physically yeah. demanding. You know, I think that's that's been the fun part about working with them was is the excitement in the organization.
0: Well, I think that's – you bring up a good point. I think a lot of times we correlate age and tenure with w- who should be in leadership roles, and that's just not always the case. Not, not always, no. You know, as a matter of fact, it's rarely the case, actually. Now, if, you're using mean, if, age if you really is your... go out and you're trying to trying to to put and i know we're talking about millennials so if you go out and you find this let's say 20 something that's just extremely creative has a great work ethic they get it right and let's say we're talking about business development okay we could be talking about operations also or an area hr it doesn't matter but so just apply it to any any part of the organization but but these some of these young folks that are in business development have such creative ways and you want know to make them creative they're simple they're not trying to overanalyze something they just say well why don't we just tell them what we want and they kind of look at everybody in the room like why wouldn't we just say we want to talk to you and to do that it's going to take us an hour or so just having a conversation so i can understand you know what your pain points are or what, what's troubling you or what do you want to work on and then through that conversation we can give you some good solutions i mean that's what we do But instead we try to put makeup on it and decorate it and give it all these creative names. And we have all these processes and fancy systems. And you know, the days of selling somebody are over, you know, it's all about education. It's all about uh, communication. It's listening. um, And it's helping create a process and a system that fits in that culture. That's already established. Everybody has a culture. Now it may not be the culture you want, (laughs) but it's a culture.
1: It's the culture you deserve typically it's the right the culture
0: you deserve is typically the one that you have and so you know if if you know the good news is is if people will open their minds and and realize that some of their best leaders may be 25 years old, maybe 26 years old, maybe 28 years old, maybe 22 years old, I don't know. Maybe 42 years old, maybe 52 years old, but you've got to you've got to kind of set aside all of your preconceived ideas and really look at it from what's the best outcome for our customers or our clients because if, you, if you're always looking at that, then your employees, it's going to be best for your employees also, the byproduct. It's going to be best for your bottom line. It's going to be best for the valuation of your company. All of those things come along if you focus and stay focused on your customer or your client.
1: Uh, there is no doubt about that. None whatsoever. So here's the last question. We close this out. What do you think the biggest benefit is that you can derive from younger younger employees in an organization? Well, I th- can I have a couple you can, yeah, you can, Phil. Okay. You can have as many as you want.
0: Okay, okay. I, well, I, I think first of all, and I've said it numerous times here, it's creativity. I think, I think not having preconceived ideas—that innocence, if you will—some people would call it being naive. I yep. would say it's just innocence. I think naive almost implies that you're missing something. I don't think that's the case. I just think they're coming at things from a different perspective. So I think that creativeness and, uh, and mixed with great energy, you know, and 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 also Dave. Technology, you know, innovation. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you look at, you know, when I when I first went into the business world, you know, uh, there were no computers or if there were, they were something that home office or the corporate offices had nobody out in the field had them. Um, your only way of communicating was a payphone if you're out in the field. And then these cell phones started coming along pretty quick thereafter. But so then everybody got fancy, had these big bag phones that were, you know, 18 inches long and 14 inches wide and weighed about 14 pounds. But you were cool. But we were cool. But <laughs> but you know, so now there's so much technology in in the area. We see it really impacting the most. I think are in two two areas. I mean, obviously it impacts operations because you can transfer information much quicker and and you can do things in a much more organized way. But And it's brought that enterprise feeling of what used to be just the the largest of the large companies had now every small business has these same tools at their disposal, but business development and client service are where technology has allowed companies to just blow it out of the, out of the water. And whether it's social media, it's podcasts, like what we're doing, it's, Um, it's a CRM system that's real robust and works and interactive websites. You know, I mean, there's just all kinds of ways, you know, now to, to really go out and do things. And the millennial generation are, are fabulous at these things. So I think it's, I think it's, I think it's creativity. I think it's a great energy, high energy. And then I think it's just that innovation.
1: Well, I Um, agree with all, I, I absolutely agree with all three of those items. That is the biggest key for organizations. Um, and it's going to help them grow. I think the biggest takeaway for any business owner leading millennials today is keep an open mind. Um, yeah. Give them an opportunity to learn the business and support them and, real, and realize at the end of the day, that millennial and their attitude you created as a parent in your children,
0: right? Yeah, and I think today one thing I'd say as a takeaway is just remember this also. Millennials are hungry for mentorship. They love mentorship. They don't necessarily like ruling with an iron fist you know <laughs> matter of fact they hate that but they love mentorship they love it when people come alongside them and the key word there is beside them and help them get where they want to be help you know use that wisdom use that experience you use all that wonderful stuff you've developed over your career and come alongside these young millennials and take their creativity and their innovation and their energy And man, when you mesh those things together, it's powerful. So closing thought,
1: just remember, you can create something amazing in the world. Embrace the young people in your organization and make it better. So with that, this episode of Bold Leadership, we are out of here. Thanks for listening to the show. Our show notes can be found at www.exon.co.
0: If you liked it as much as we think you did, be sure to go to iTunes and leave us a review.